0: Hey everyone! Welcome back to another episode of Metro Talks. This is your host John Sostridge, joined along with my co-host Matt Dobbins. Matt, how are we?
1: Doing great. Excited to be back for episode number four. I know we've got another very special guest, so I'm really looking forward to uh, you know sharing this one with you guys.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And without further ado, we do have Danielle DeGiorgio with us. Uh, she's a non-operative sport medicine physician with Orthopedic Associates Long Island. Uh, Dr. DeGiorgio, today will touch on basketball related injuries, um, which he can relate to a lot playing, uh, division one basketball Stony Brook university for four years competitively. So it should be an interesting one for you guys. I know she does speak a lot on, um, ankle related injuries with ankle sprains, uh, tendonitis in the knee and ankle as well. So I know I can relate to that a lot as well as you can too, Matt, uh, just playing competitive basketball growing up and, uh, with my friends as well, actually, um, at a weaker ankle. So I sprained both my ankles probably once or twice, both of them each growing up. So uh, there was definitely some precautions after that I wish I took um, really with the mobility of my ankles. I think after a while I didn't do the right job trying to get back to where I need to be. Um, and that's what really led to more and more ankle sprains just getting weaker and weaker each time on my end. So uh, what about you?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, growing up, basketball competitively for a little bit, but mostly a lot of pickup games, you know, at the local mm-hmm. park, things with some friends, and I can't i can I can't remember a day I came home healthy. <laughs> the knees and the ankles and just, you know, boys being boys and roughhousing a little bit, I, I certainly did a number on my knees and ankles, and I never really noticed it too, too much when I was younger. You know, you always bounce back quick. You're always back at the local park or the court the next day, uh, but now that I'm getting a little bit older, definitely starting to feel some of those some of those injuries. And I wish that I had this information, you know, that we're going to get today available to me back then, um, you know, to be able to kind of take better care of myself and, uh, you know, avoid feeling like this later down the road, but it's never too late. You know, I'm sure we've got a few pickup games left in us. Uh, I know we had even talked about maybe getting a a little Metro game together. So that might be, that might be, so maybe we can use the advice uh, in this video here to, uh, you know, get ready for that and and have a lifetime of of great pickup games ahead of us. Yeah, absolutely. And,
0: hey, maybe we can even pass it along to the uh, association down at the NBA. It looks like uh, the boys might be starting up the season in the next few weeks again after um, a long postponement of the season, uh, a few months actually due to the coronavirus. So um, it looks like they're going to start the season again and uh, might start with a, a short training camp just to get them back into the swing of things and then they're jumping right into it, playing a lot of games in a short amount of time. You got to wonder how their bodies are going to hold up with those adjustments they have to make um, and what their training staff is going to do to keep them playing at a top level. Uh, again, such a short amount of time. and such a high intensity.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It'll be really interesting. You know, first and foremost, I'm glad just to have some sports back. Uh, it's nice to hear that, uh, you know, absolutely one of the beer, is getting you know the ball rolling here and you know, hopefully kind of pioneer and show the rest of the leagues that, you know, maybe we'll find out that it is safe, uh, you know, assuming all the precautions and things like that are taken. But it should be really interesting to see, you know, a lot of these guys, they're obviously the best athletes in the world. Um, I've been hearing, you know, leading up to this, that if the NBA season did resume, it would probably be one of the best playoffs we've ever seen. Just because you've given guys that are used to playing these long, drawn out seasons and these long playoffs, you've just given basically the best athletes in the world, like two months off. Um, so they should, you know, be well rested and, and be ready to go. But at the same time, like you kind of mentioned, it's going to be really interesting to see how a lot of these players adapt. You know, they're talking about moving all the teams to play at uh, the wide world of sports down in Disney. So, you know, you've got yeah. you've got teams from all over the country now flying and, and going into Florida and, and living there and changing their whole lives. And then you're asking you know, them to play a lot of games all at once. So, uh, you know, it'll be curious to see if, if the injury rates will be down or if they'll be up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it'll also be interesting, especially from kind of like a physical therapy perspective, to see how a lot of these trainers and a lot of the staff and things like that, uh, you know, deal with, with, with like you said, the load and the, having to pick back up to high-intensity play after it being out for so long. So
0: right. it, should right.
1: it should be really interesting yeah. what happens here. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And, I mean, like you said, it seems like – you know, these trainers and their responsibilities might fly under the radar, but they really hold so much to what these players can do, um, you know, getting them back on the court and uh, just getting them back to full level of play with uh, real high intensity. So, you know, it, they, might, they might shake up the um, how the layout of the playoffs might be this year. That's that's kind of been the recent talk. But uh, if you had to have your pick for the East versus West, who do you got in the uh, NBA Finals and who do you got winning it?
1: Ah, well, I'm definitely, uh, I'm admittedly a, a big bandwagon Golden State fan. Um, I, am, uh, <laughs> I love watching those guys, but they're having a in New
0: York, game. really big, I'm big not. Golden State fan.
1: I know, and I usually get a lot of slack for that, but the Knicks have just been awful for my entire life. I, I, can't, possibly, <laughs> I can't possibly root for them at this point. So yeah, um, they
0: haven't been good since Patrick Ewing. So. At, least,
1: at least I'm being honest. I'm a big bandwagon guy. Um, I enjoyed watching the Warriors, but uh, you know, I, I also. I respect greatness, and I think LeBron is one of the best to ever do it. Um, maybe not the best, but I definitely think he's up there. And uh, I would like to see him, uh, you know, have another another chance at a championship. So I'm going to take the Lakers out of the West, and uh, I- I'm thinking they're going to go up against the Bucks out of the East. And uh, I definitely like to see LeBron come out on top one more time at least, because um, I do think he he's deserving of of another another championship. So. That's who I got this year, and uh, how about you, bud? What do you got?
0: Okay. I mean, after watching that Jordan Bulls documentary, it's, uh, it's tough to put him ahead of, ahead of MJ as being the GOAT. So, uh, you know, I, I think they're going to play the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals if that is the case. I just don't know if the Lakers have the um, – really the depth – and just, just the age. I know the average age of the team is pretty old. So uh, just getting back into a season this quickly, I don't know if they're going to be able to compete with, you know, the younger Clippers at the, the high intensity and rates they play at moving the ball up and down the court. So I think I'm going to have to pick the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George on the other side of town there in L.A. And, uh, you know, I think they're going to go up against the Bucs with Giannis leading them. But uh, I still think I'm going to pick the Clippers over the Bucs, and I think Kawhi is going to have a chance at, going back to back in the finals again if they do play we'll all see what happens but yeah. we'll see how the formats turn out you know if that's even the case if, if they're doing east versus west so if, if that is it i'd like to see clippers box and i think the clippers are going to take it all
1: Great, cool well at least we can agree on one thing that it looks like uh we both want the championship to go to la this year one way or the other so
0: yeah yeah so, so we'll see what happens
1: yeah, but, it, but uh, uh should interesting should be
0: interesting should be interesting should be interesting so without anything further, I'd like to introduce Dr. Danielle DiGiorgio of Orthopedic Associates Long Island, speaking on telehealth and basketball-related injuries, and I
2: hope you guys enjoy.
1: Yeah, Enjoy, guys. We'll see you on the next one.
2: Okay. Today we have with us Dr. Danielle DiGiorgio from Orthopedic Associates of Long Island. Danielle is a non-operative or sports medicine doctor. Um, she's dual certified in, in physical medicine and rehab and sports medicine. Um, Dr. DiGiorgio is specialized training in non-operative treatment and prevention of injury. She specializes in diagnostic and therapeutic musculoskeletal ultrasound and ultrasound guided injections, acupuncture, concussion management, and is the director of regenerative medicine. She's currently seeing patients in East Sotoket, Riverhead, and Patrog, and we're happy to have her with us today. The purpose of this video is to inform patients who enjoy playing basketball or who have basketball-related injuries during this COVID lockdown um, on how they can receive treatment and preventive medicine uh, through telemedicine from their physician and their therapist. To start us off, Dr. DiGiorgio, are you still seeing patients in the office?
3: Uh, yes, uh, so thanks, John, for having me today. I really appreciate it. It's um, a really uh, challenging time for our medical community, and uh, honestly, the United States at large, um, the world. Um, yes, I am seeing patients in the office via telemed, and also in office visits.
2: So, are you cu- currently giving patients like therapeutic exercise because of the lack of open physical therapy clinics?
3: So on a normal day-to-day basis in my office, I have the privilege of working with Lisa White. She's my athletic trainer. Um, she has over 10 years experience in the professional uh, women's basketball and WNBA with New York Liberty. Um, and so she actually demonstrates and develops home exercise programs for my patients at large um, just uh, on a daily basis. But when patients need a more rigorous and intensive physical therapy uh, uh, regimen of treatment I send them to physical therapy and um, given the current pandemic it is uh, a little bit challenging to have open facilities for physical therapy.
2: Yeah it definitely is very challenging we're working really hard to try and keep physical distance, um, wearing masks, keeping the office clean, sanitizing, hand-washing, um, both by patients and, and staff so it's definitely, um, definitely a difficult time yeah for uh, sure are you are you limiting the types of patients you see in person versus through telemedicine? Yes, so
3: um right now, um I try to screen my patients via telemedicine, and um, if it's necessary for them to come in, you know if they have a fracture that needs cast management or um, if they have a larger joint effusion and need aspiration or injections, I haven't quite figured out how to do that over the over the computer yet, so uh, <laughs> uh, that does that does uh limit the patients that can uh, be helped via telemedicine. Um, but for the patients that do have to come into the office, um, my office, Orthopedic Associates of Long Island, have done a, a wonderful job of screening patients. Um, all our non-clinical staff is at home working, and we've limited dramatically the amount of clinicians in the office at a single time to improve that social distancing, the masks, the gloves, the, the, the unbelievable cleaning. Um, so as you said earlier, it's, it's just been a, it's been a real community effort to keep everyone
2: safe. Yeah. Um, I know you probably don't have too many, but do you have any patients who require home care PT? Because we- and
3: Some of them, you know, my, my older patients, uh, you know, that I certainly don't want coming out at this time, um, yes, they, they can be helpful.
2: Because we're currently still, we have a, a whole staff of home care therapists who are currently still going into people's homes, obviously with all the precautions uh, now um, due to COVID. Um, what happens now therapy-wise when you see somebody who is post-concussion um, or acute injury or that kind of thing?
3: Right. So for the concussion, this has been really helpful, actually, because I usually see patients about once a week with concussions, and, and now certainly don't want them coming in once a week. Uh, so we've been having pretty pretty effective visits uh, via telemedicine, and I'm actually able to do the impact testing also, uh, which is that neurocognitive baseline testing virtually, Um, And then when they're finished with the concussion, the big challenge then becomes, well, how do they do their return to play to be sure that they're really ready to go back to physical activity? Um, And that's where I'm really thankful to hear that you guys are doing uh, home return to plays virtually. So that way that that's not a limitation and getting them back to full athletic activity.
2: Do you think that um, once this whole lockdown is over and things kind of start to go back to normal, that that? the telemedicine for follow-ups and things like that, especially for concussions, um, might stick around, might still be something that you keep within your practice?
3: Honestly, I think there's a place for it. Um, Up until this time, it wasn't allowed. Um, We weren't allowed to do telemedicine visits because we were in a rural community, Um, but I definitely see a place in, and especially in that intermediate stage when you're kind of just tracking patients along um, I think for the beginning, it's nice to have that face-to-face. You can, you can get a better exam that way. And then, you know, for that last visit, you kind of want to give them your blessing and you want to see them in office. But that middle segment, I, I, excuse me, I absolutely think it would be helpful.
2: Have you had any experience um, with other PT practices or even metros seeing um, patients virtually?
3: Um, I have had the prescription out for the patients to do the virtual. I haven't gotten much feedback yet. Um, but I, I'm thankful that it's available, that you guys are,
2: are making it available for the patients.
3: Um,
2: and you find the telemedicine going pretty good as far as your practice?
3: Oh, I love it. You know, it's funny. Uh, right now, obviously, as we're all doing, we're trying to limit that, that in-office uh, encounter. I'd say about 50% of the patients I see are telemedicine. I've been doing that for over a month now. And it's kind of interesting because you, you get to really know the patients in a different way. Um, I, I get to meet their pets. I see their family photos in the background. And, you know, there's a lot more to medicine than the physicality, right? So you're able to give them good quality of care and in a safe environment. Uh, I've actually grown to like it. And even the old patients, they're doing wonderful. You know, they're doing good with the technology. Their grandkids would be so proud. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so um, from what I've seen, I know, I know a lot of um, colleagues who work at other, other physical therapy offices are struggling somewhat with the virtual therapy. Um, it's, it's new and so many of us have had really not that much experience with the COVID crisis, but, um, Metro is really, um, leading the way. We have hundreds of, uh, hundreds of visits under our belt so far. Um, we're using two different platforms right now. Um, I've found one that I really like, so that's the one that I'm using. Um, but I know some of our other therapists have found the other one to be just as effective. So, um, we kind of feel like this is really a, a game changer. Like um, it's something that may stick around, you know, for a long time for people who can't come into the office or, or, or just don't want to. Um, and for follow-up and that kind of thing, just to keep uh, people doing their exercises and, and, and progressing um, after they're gone from the, you know, from, from PT. So we Absolutely. kind of feel like the, the space is going to be changed forever until you know, this this crisis is over. And uh, typically we see a lot of patients within the office now, obviously with social distancing, um, that, that has to change. So we're kind of trying to screen our patients so that they're, um, we pick the ones that really need to be seen within the office um, and then of the others that we know will benefit from virtual therapy. Um, sometimes it's just a simple, um, they'll have to come into the office. Maybe maybe they only need to be in the office once every week or once every two weeks, and then they can do everything else via um, virtual therapy.
3: Yeah, um, absolutely.
2: And we have a full exercise program and all that um, created for every body part, um, and we can pick and choose what exercises we want to use. So we guide patients um, at home, go over their exercises. We can really monitor it if... <laughs> If we can get the camera in the right place, I did have a I did have a cat run across the screen the other day, and I had a hard time seeing what the patient was doing. But that's a different story. Um, so patients can be more compliant. Um, it's harder to cancel. You know, weather doesn't matter, um, and, and it's just it's just a new thing. And I, I I have to admit I was somewhat reluctant to do it at first, but um, yeah. I'm finding it real real um, it being it being really effective um, yep. so far. So. What are some of the more common basketball injuries that you see in your office? All
3: right, yeah, so uh, as a former Division I basketball player, go see Wolves. Um, I love basketball, it's probably my favorite topic. Um, I saw the horse game on ESPN the other day and I just loved hearing the sound of the ball bouncing. And I thought, this is ridiculous, what's wrong with me? Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, so uh, basketball unfortunately comes with a subset of injuries, Uh, very commonly you'll see Ankle sprains, um, tendinitis of the knee, the ankle, um, contusions and sprains, uh, strains of muscles. Um, those are kind of the more common injuries that we see.
2: So what is your most, um, like the common course of treatment for, for these types of injuries?
3: Yeah, so I like to keep it simple. Um, I think mobility is very important, and and keeping motion within the areas of injury is probably the most important, except for, of course, if you have a big fracture that requires stabilization. Um, everyone you see is the RICE protocol, the REST-ICE compression elevation. I like the MEET protocol, movement, exercise, analgesia, and treatment. Um, and, and the reason is is because I like to um, – Keep the patient as mobile as possible. So when I talk to patients about uh, treatment, course, and orthopedics, again, keep it simple. There's five options, right? The first is do nothing. No one comes to any of us to do nothing, and it's not really going to get you anywhere quick. Um, Your second option is medications, and and honestly, there's not really a great place for medication with orthopedic injury except for to decrease the pain so you can functionally have some improvement. Uh, The third option is really your workhorse, it's your therapeutic options, it's your home exercise program, it's your physical therapy, your occupational therapy, your acupuncture, your bracing. This is what really kind of harnesses um, orthopedic recovery. The fourth option is what I find myself doing mostly, which is injectable options. Uh, Most people think injections have to be steroids. I actually use them the least often in my office. Uh, Regenerative medicine is a big part of what I do. So perineural injection therapy, PRP, bone marrow aspirate, commonly referred to as stem cell therapy. Um, And then the fifth option is your surgery, which is your most invasive option, which we obviously try to avoid at all costs. But for some injuries, it's really the necessary uh, treatment course. Um, so that's kind of my general outline for, for injuries at large, right? Yeah, I, I like that. I never heard
2: that meat, meat, uh, meat protocol. Yeah, I love meat. <laughs> so h- how important would you say injury, uh, prevention is for a sport like basketball?
3: Oh, it, it's that, that is the key, right? My mom told me from a young age, an ounce of prevention's worth a pound of cure. So, um, pretty sure she's not the first person to quote that, but for me, that's the most important person who quoted it, right? So uh, if you can prevent injuries, um, you, you're going to be in a much better place because no one wants to ever have in the back of their mind that injury that kind of slowed them up in the past. It kind of makes you hesitant a bit. So um, really making sure that you have a good training program in place and you, you're doing good balance strengthening, that's that's going to be the way to to prevent these injuries.
2: Yeah. During this time, like, with people being home and and basketball players being home, I, I kind of envision people just jumping back into their sport, you know, um, without any preparation. So uh, I really think that they can prevent a lot of injuries just by stretching, strengthening, doing that core work, doing some, uh, you know, sport specific drills really, really for any, any sport in particular. Um, You know, even the weekend warrior is just going to step right back onto a softball field who hasn't been on a, you know, on a field and get about just through the winter now through this extended period of time. Um, so I think that's probably something, um, you know, uh, physical therapy can help with possibly, you know, just teaching um, via virtual therapy, teaching exercise, monitoring exercise, just taking a look at what they're doing and how to, you know, kind of prevent that. Um, yeah, that, like, that can be key. I
3: don't mean to interrupt you, John, but that can be key if you can get that educational piece in there. It's wonderful because right now a lot of athletes are home with their parents, who you know were athletes, and so they're trying to bring them through the training routines they used to do, and then they're looking to their peers who who are none the wiser, and and those aren't really the most valuable sort resources of information for for strength and training. So, um, getting an individualized uh, plan together for an athlete, um, really really focusing on their weaknesses. And, and because those are the weaknesses that they have now that when they get into the higher level competition are going to be exploited. And so what then what happens is they get out there and then they get hurt and now they're back on the bench or not playing and, then, and that just is a vicious cycle. So getting that individualized strengthening program is super important. Uh, very commonly what you'll see is these, and you, and you know better than I, I mean, you'll see these athletes with these imbalanced muscles. They work on the ones they, they feel the most reward from, but then the weak ones just seem to get more and more weak. And so I use this analogy in the office, it's like a car. If, if the car pressure in the wheels is not equal, you know, even if you didn't have an alignment issue in the beginning, you're gonna have one sooner or later. And that's the overuse that we, we start to see uh, with these athletes.
2: So, so um, what would you say, like the percentage of injury um, that could be prevented, you, would, you think? Um, within your practice that you see from sports?
3: I'd say about 75% of the injuries I see in young athletes and even my older athletes could be prevented with a good, good uh, well-balanced strengthening program and just overall agility training. Um, and that's pretty close to national average. Uh, and I think in large part, this for the younger athlete is because of sports specialization. I did a talk not too long ago uh, about sports specialization and the statistics of injury from overuse is staggering. Um, So this pandemic, in some ways, because they're not playing on multiple teams, the same sport, you know, in a short period of time may actually help them to recover a bit. Right. Right.
1: Um,
2: So if a person is having pain at this moment, um, are you seeing them via, via telemed or...
3: Yes, so I am. I'm doing telemedicine visits as well as in-office visits. And if I could just uh, plug my practice here, so Orthopedic Associates of Long Island right now is doing emergency orthopedic walk-ins at our East of office office um, from nine to five Monday through Friday. Because if you get an orthopedic injury acutely now, you certainly don't want to go to the emergency room or urgy Care where there's not. COVID patients everywhere, right? So um, that's a service. We've reached out to all the local emergency rooms and said, hey, listen, if you need, just just send them to us and we'll take care of them because we have orthopedists uh, on staff Monday through Friday, 9 to 5.
2: Awesome. So we are performing virtual physical therapy in all of our metro offices right now, um, awesome. especially for patients who um, don't require or who are not comfortable coming into the office because of this whole thing that's going on.
3: Yeah, we're thankful for that, John. Let me tell you, because, you know, we want to make sure we have a real comprehensive treatment plan for our patients, and knowing that you guys are there is, is really awesome. That's a good thing.
2: Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, I appreciate it. Um, and we'll definitely be in touch.
1: All right, sounds great. Thanks again, John.
2: Stay thank safe. You too. You too.